welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, sexuality, and feminism. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Ryan, and today we have with us the very own AV Club's Katie Reif. Hi, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Um, so I work for the AVclub.com. Uh, it's like the Onions pop culture website. So I work for them and I do, actually I do a fair amount of work. Um, it's funny because pretty much all of our film critics love horror movies. So we all just, you know, whenever a new one comes out, we're all looking at each other like, so, uh, you covering The Conjuring or, uh, you know, <laughs> like we're, there's always a lot of competition over that. But, um, yeah, I do a fair amount of coverage on horror movies for them. Uh, so I write film reviews every week. And I write like feature research pieces, and then uh, I'm the editor of the news section. So, kind of keep on top of what's happening in the entertainment world for my job. It's a pretty cool job. Very cool. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And I was just curious, what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Oh, uh, I know the answer to this question because my parents only had one on VHS. Mm-hmm. They had The Shining, which they taped off HBO. Oh no way! Yeah. That- is the the previous person that was her answer as well really yeah so it's, oh wow via yeah, my parents it was the only uh horror movie they had on vhs and in between the time when i got home from school and when my mom brought my sisters home from daycare i would watch it like all the time <laughs> and i was like oh it's r-rated i'm not supposed to be watching this and so oh, i'd watch yeah. it like all the time <laughs> i've probably seen the shining like 20 through Oh man! Before I was ten. That's hilarious. (laughs) Especially with VHS tapes, I remember like trying to remember where they left off. Yeah, yeah. So you can put it back and not get caught. I saw Cape Fear that way. (laughs) You had to rewind it to the same spot Mm -hmm. so you could finish it. Oh yeah. Oh, that's rough. Sneaky DVD. You kids got it so easy today with your DVDs. Yeah. Your pornography on the internet. <laughs> so much easier. But your mom knows what you've been watching on Netflix, though. Oh, that's true. Mom yeah. can find that out. <laughs> so maybe they don't have it that great. <laughs> Very true. A lot more parental supervision. It's all stored. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious also, and I think, you know, we already covered this probably, but how do you feel as ho- about horror as a genre? Um, I like it a lot for two reasons. One is... I like um, the meta... See, because we, we, a little bit before the show, you mentioned that you just did a podcast about funny games. Mm-hmm. And that's not my favorite kind. I like the more like supernatural kind of stuff. And the reason that I like it is because like a comedy can be about what it's about on the surface and nothing more. But a horror movie is almost always... A, like Monsters are almost always metaphors. Mm-hmm. You know? There's always some metaphorical aspect to it that speaks to, like, what you're actually, like, you know, people are afraid of ghosts, but what they're really afraid of is, like, death and loss and stuff like that. Um, So I really like that aspect of it. And then uh, I'm, like, a I like roller coasters. I like, you know, visceral experiences. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I like the... The visceral aspect of it, too. Like, I jump in my seat still. Oh, I love that. <laughs> my, love my, my editor, our film editor at work, we went to see The Conjuring 2 together, and he was making fun of me afterwards. He's like, you screamed. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Shut up. No, I didn't. I'm I'm a professional reviewer. I'm going to write a review of this. And he's like, yeah, but you screamed during the movie. I was like, <laughs> 
But I still do that. I jump scares still work on me, and I love it. I like giggle and clap my hands. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Especially seeing it live, <laughs> it's such a fun experience yeah. to be in the theater. Yeah, and have that with everyone. Yeah, that's so much fun. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, I I like it. I like it for those two reasons. That's fun. You know, most of the people I interview on this podcast are like, oh, I hate horror. Really? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, I'm doing this because I like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's one of of the things that that I I guess I would be known for a little bit on the internet. One of them. Yeah, you are uh, one of my go-tos for spooky news. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And fun things happening on the internet. (laughs) All right, so today Katie chose for us to watch The Witch, 2015 uh, film in which a family in 1630s New England gets excommunicated from a community and is forced to go live alone in the wilderness. The family soon begins to be torn apart by the disappearance of the youngest child and other strange occurrences that they believe to be the work of witchcraft. And I was curious, Katie, what made you choose The Witch? Well, I chose The Witch... Because um, I have a pretty good background with it where I saw it once at a film festival last fall. I saw it again at a screening when it came out in, I think it was March, early March when it came out. And then I interviewed the director, so I felt like I had a strong background with this one. And I also picked it because it was, when it came out, it was very divisive. Like, it's been pretty successful box office-wise. But they're... People either love this movie or hate it, and so I was curious to talk to you about it. And you know, th- this does have the feminist angle, and I read this movie in actually a very feminist way, so I thought it would be appropriate. Yeah, no, it's an excellent film. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll just kind of lay out right now that Bloody Mary. We go full on, so there are spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Come mm-hmm. back, and welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the film begins, like I always have this thing in me where like the main characters are portrayed and I want to like the main characters, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, you want to root for them, the family getting banished, which like in that day and age, getting banished, that's pretty much like a death sentence. Basically, like they're completely on their own. Like they don't have, it would take days to get anybody to come to like if something went wrong it would be days before anybody could come and help them and months or years before anybody would realize you know mm-hmm. like if they all died nobody would know for years yeah completely alone yeah one thing about that about that isolation that i liked about this movie is um they used a lot of really low light cameras so the scenes when like you see them sitting at the uh, kitchen table eating dinner by candlelight, they actually shot that by candlelight. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not like a camera trick. They just used like very similar lenses to... Uh, Stanley Kubrick actually developed a lot of stuff for shooting in low light and they used it in this movie. Uh, he said that the only um, artificial light that they used in the film is outside when they're in the moonlight. There are floodlights to make the moonlight brighter so you can actually see what's going on, but those are the only artificial lights in the movie. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. To speak to that, like one aspect of it that I just, the concept of the dark is so different now because it's never really dark. Like when you live in a place like Chicago, it can Mm -hmm. be dark outside where there's streetlights and there's all that light pollution and everything and you can't even see the stars. There's so much just ambient light everywhere, but it was completely different back then. You know, you stepped outside and it was pitch black everywhere. 
I read a book about the Salem witch trials and in the book, the author mentions this as it sort of contributed to these like myths of like spooky things living in the woods because it's just like this blackness and you can't see it. And that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be really hard to live in. (laughs) Yeah. And especially if you're like the family in this movie and you're living out in the middle of nowhere and there's literally no one else around that could make you paranoid and crazy which is you know what happens in this movie (laughs) definitely yeah yeah the music in this film really struck me Mm -hmm. because their faces and their demeanor is always like very chill like Mm -hmm. they are just accepting what's before them Mm -hmm. you know even though like all these horrible things are happening they're banished they're living in the middle of nowhere with no one like their family's going to die off. Who are their kids going to marry? You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and then some, at some points the music is just like really highlighting this tension. Yeah. And, uh, like for me, it felt like the music actually represented the feelings they were repressing. Yeah. Cause you'd see them and they were just like sitting around so still. It was like, how are you all not freaking out? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are really repressed. That's mm-hmm. part of why th- when things explode, it does in such a dramatic way. Because they've been repressing everything for, for forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there's the whole thing where the mom kind of gets jealous of Thompson, the oldest daughter, and wants to send her away. And part of that is she's mad at her husband for taking them out into the woods like this, but she's stuffed that mm-hmm. way deep down, and, she, and it comes out in her hating her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of poor Thomason, too. Yeah, I know. Say, like, I feel especially bad for her because, like, right off the bat, you know, she's out in the woods with the baby. Mm-hmm. And then plain poop, peekaboo, and then baby's gone. Yeah. You know. The like, baby just disappears. Yeah. And, like, when she goes back to the family, that really begins um, their distrust of her, you mm-hmm. know, which I could get like, oh, so I was playing peekaboo and then the baby was gone. And then and... I just lost the baby. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Whoops, whoops, lost the baby. But it's what happened. What else is she supposed to say? You yeah. know, what else can she say? She, she's like, I, I lost the baby. I don't know what it was there that it was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like you start to sense that the family is distrusting her through the acts of the children. Mm-hmm. Like the twins started yeah. like mocking her. Those and... kids were just oh, so obnoxious. Oh, they were. <laughs> They're so obnoxious. <laughs> I really felt a lot of sympathy for Thompson in that. Because in, she's just put in this situation that she... She there's nothing she can do, you know. Her whole her own family is turning against her, and that's all she has in the world. Like, what is she supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Go walk to the town, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then uh, you know, just like the cherry on top, she also becomes a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, yeah, buddy. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a rough time for her. Yeah, it's at that point that the mom. You know, wants her to go be a maid somewhere mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, just to like, send her away. How awful would that be? Like your whole family, like, well, bye. Yeah, we don't, we don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was something that was like in the movie. The mom definitely has hateful motivations for wanting to send her away, but I think that was fairly common back then. If That's you, true. If yeah. you were from like a poor, poorish family, you would go work for somebody rich 
as a servant. That was fairly common back then. Yeah, that's true. I was uh, kind of blown away by how the film only has this family as characters. Mm-hmm. But really, the only ones you feel like you get to know are... Well, actually, the only one I feel like you really get to know is Thomason. Yeah. It's very much from her from her viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Which is just, for me, kind of symbolic also of how cold those familial relations were. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the father... Yeah, pretty stoic. Yeah, uh, what was what was he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No idea. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess uh, for the characters, that's pretty much everyone. Yeah, there. I mean, there's not a lot of characters, no. and it is very strongly positioned where you identify with this one. And, you know, and it's her versus everybody else, basically. Like, I think the, the, the character of the one that was hardest for me to understand, like, but I felt sympathy for her, but I also couldn't understand her at the same time was the character of the mom, which I think made her really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, she doesn't want to be here in the first place. And now her kids and now her baby disappeared. And so she's real tore up about it. But just the way that she expresses it is so like mean and hateful that I don't understand that, which I thought was an interesting Mm-hmm. character um something interesting about this movie that i'm not sure if you knew but a lot of the dialogue is taken directly from court transcripts of witchcraft trials i read that at the yeah. end and that was really cool uh, also so it, some like, of the scenarios and like the dynamics between the characters were drawn from you know actual examples because you know w- witchcraft was basically something that was trotted out to keep women in line. Like if a young girl was being too rebellious, they'd accuse her of being a witch. Mm -hmm. If an old woman refused to, you know, go to church, they'd call her a witch. You know, if you didn't do exactly what the patriarchy of the town wanted you to do, then you were a witch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did sense a lot of similarities between the Crucible as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, like watching this. Yeah. And it's interesting that you, like, mentioned this toxic uh, aspect of, well, like, all of it's toxic, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, like, this aspect of oppressing people, Mm -hmm. because I also found a really good scene in, like, how the patriarchy is also oppressive towards men Mm -hmm. in that scene where Caleb, the oldest son, is out looking for Thomason, and, um, you know, he's lost, and he's scared, and he's alone, and then there's this beautiful woman, Mm -hmm. who's like, he's not knowing how to, like, you know, because he's just a kid. Yeah. He's got this gun, and he's expected to, like, get out there and be a man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That scene for me is like, ooh, yeah, that's not good either. Yeah. This movie is fun to talk about, because it's very complicated in terms of what it's trying to say, Mm -hmm. and the director when I talked to him was a little like he was like oh well, I'm just recreating what happened you know I'm recreating how real stuff you know is how he tried to play and I was like yeah but you could read this and so you could read it as like because the witch is real you know the witch mm-hmm. is real and so like this black magic is real and it is a very like temptress sort of feminine character but at the same time like the whole christian righteous way of like the dad is very oppressive and so like are who's good who's bad like is it is it pro-christian or anti-christian is it pro-feminist or anti-feminist like you could look at it in so many different ways like Mm -hmm. the scenario in this movie and 
a key to that, like you were just saying, when he sees the woman, is that the in this movie, witchcraft is real. Like, she's... Maybe Thomason is being falsely accused, but witches are real, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's it's not like... It's not... The threat isn't made up. For sure. Yeah. And... I especially love that you brought up previously women getting called out and then labeled a witch. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what goes on in this film. Sure. Like, yeah. Thomason calls out how fucked up everything is and then they're like, oh, you're a witch. Yep. You must be a witch then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, like when I was first watching this film, Mm -hmm. it was very difficult for me to watch because it was so oppressive. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, it was like, okay, these are the main characters. You want to root for them. But you hate them. Like, yeah. <laughs> you hate yeah. This family. <laughs> and how oppressive and awful they are. And then it's like you start to see witchcraft as this like liberation. For yeah. Thomason. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, girl, get out. Go <laughs> get out of there. Go fly through them trees. <laughs> Satan's going to feed you butter, girl. <laughs> yeah. So you have all this like pressure and tension mounting mm-hmm. and like. You think this family's just crazy and imagining it. Because mm-hmm. especially my favorite scene in the movie is like where the dad takes the twins and Thomason and puts them in this far like the Oh in the shed, yeah. Boards it up and everyone's freaking out and panicking. But then they cut to like I don't know, probably half hour later, and they're all just sitting next to the goat, like, yeah. faces, like, Yeah, mar, mar. they're like, well, we can scream all night, and it won't matter, so yeah. we might as well just sit here. Yeah. Uh, but then, everything, like, all hell breaks loose. Man, the one scene that just really, um, really grossed me out was the... The bird? Yes! <laughs> yeah. When I saw this at a film festival, when that part went on, everybody, you could hear everybody go, <gasps> like the whole room was just like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Just, you know, we think that somehow the baby's been returned to the mother and everything is going to be mm-hmm. happy and wonderful and she's nursing the baby and then, oh, the crow is just. Yeah, it's a crow. <laughs> It's not really the baby. Yeah. And, you know, like, part of me was hoping it was just a dream. Mm-hmm. But then the next morning she rolls over and her nightshirt is completely soaked in blood. And it's like, oh, I was, I was It's so real. real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, what you were saying about it being, you know, the witchcraft becomes, like, a way for her to get away from this horrible, oppressive atmosphere is that's kind of how I read it, is that she has a choice. Like, she can she can be a good girl and do what she wants and do what her dad wants, but that's that's an impossible thing. That, that, that she can't win in that scenario, and so you might as well go and be free, girl. Go and be free. Be a witch. Everybody's going to call you a witch anyway, so just be one. Yeah. Is, is how I read it. Yeah, <laughs> and all along, I was very surprised that Black Philip was actually... The character. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was the family's paranoia. You mm-hmm. know? Like, oh, we're crazy in the woods. But no, Black Phillip becomes real and very sexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was also like, yeah, you get to do your own thing, but you're also a woman. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sex with a goat. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're all like, uh, when at the very end, when she... You know, everything went down at the house and she leaves and goes in the woods. They're all dancing naked. Mm -hmm. It's all those witches. They're dancing naked in the woods. And that imagery is drawn from that time. Like when you look at woodcuts, 
of, you know, like witches paintings and woodcuts and drawings of witches Sabbaths from that time, from the 17th century, they would always show that. And the devil was always like a, a man with like goat legs. And then the, they would all dance naked in a circle and I guess have an orgy. Yeah, party. What else you <laughs> party. <laughs> so one thing that I was wondering about that kind of peaked in my mind is uh, why Satan is always represented as a goat. Mm, I don't know that one. I know that it has been... I don't know the origin of that. Oh, man. <laughs> there were so many scenes that jumped out at me, like the parental relationships. Uh, most, I'd say, is that scene where Thomason is killing her mom Mm -hmm. and she's laying on top of her. Uh, But then after she murders her, she hugs her. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, God damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Like I was saying before, the mom is a really, is a really interesting character in and of herself, I think. Mm -hmm. Because you do feel for her a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, what are you, that's your daughter. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, what you said really does come into play. Like, she's seeing her own mortality in her daughter's aging and becoming a woman. You know, she's starting to maybe see herself as irrelevant. Um, Do you think that she felt like the father wanted... Because, like, she got so mad that they went in the woods without telling her. And Do you think there was some, like... Like some sexual jealousy a little bit? Yeah, like Freudian shit or... Maybe. I don't... I don't think that if the if the father had that intention towards her, then he didn't show it at all. Yeah, it's just her um, heightened uh, paranoia. Yeah, I think it might have been her paranoia. I don't think that that was actually there, like with those two characters. I think she was just like you were saying about being replaced. So I was curious also, like, were there any scenes that you saw that reminded you of something that, you know, you were more um, familiar with, like in regards to the history of witchcraft? Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned mm-hmm. the wood cuttings. And... Yeah, a lot of the imagery and then um, the scene. This is another thing that I heard from the director. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like the scene where you actually see the witch and she, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, makes like a paste out of the baby. Oh God! Yeah, yeah I forgot about and that and like scene. and like covers herself with the blood and stuff. That is from a that's a painting that's from uh, Goya, the Spanish painters around that same time, and he did a lot of like demonic imagery. And the way that that scene was shot reminded me a lot of him. And I, yeah. The, the director confirmed that he worked as a production designer is what he normally does. This is his first uh, thing that he directed. Um, so he worked as a production designer in movies. So he's really, he was really, really obsessed with historical detail on this. Like mm. the whole thing about not using lights and stuff like that. And they actually built that farm. Wow. Yeah. I think they shot in Canada. It's not actually New England. I forget where it was. I think it was in Canada somewhere. He said they actually built the whole farm and everything. Wow. I was impressed, too, just, like, that a family banished like that could build. The, I mean... Then what else are you supposed to do? If you put me out in the woods, I'd be dead in a week. <laughs> I know. Me, too. I'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. I don't want to do it. 
got some weird berries and my throat is burning. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any water. Yeah, but they had to build that whole place by themselves. Yeah, it was impressive. Uh, Also curious, like the witch, it seemed like there were so many witches or that she Mm -hmm. changed. Was it that there were so many witches or she was changing form? I think she changed form that she could look, she could look different ways. Mm-hmm. I think is what happened. Yeah. Because I was wondering too if it was something about maybe the baby's blood that made her. Oh, after, that too. It could make her younger. Yeah. yeah after she. That did would be her a reason for her to do it. Day. Yeah. Her spa day. <laughs> spa day was very brutal. Uh, That's funny. But yeah, she came back when and when she confronted Caleb, she was beautiful. You mm-hmm. know, very. Yeah, pretty. that that makes sense. The. I mean, that's why she would have done it. Because mm-hmm. it made her look young. <laughs> it's not just her hatred of babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also babies are like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think was going on in that scene where the crow or the woman, the witch came when they were locked in the barn mm-hmm. and she was like suckling Trying to scare on the goat? And... Um, oh yeah. Uh. I th- I think that might have been like the one scene in the movie that was done to be like a horror movie scene. Yeah. To be like something scary happened. Yeah. I think, yeah. It is really unnerving. Mm-hmm. It's like, because she's sucking on a goat. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been a scene that was done to like, you know, it's time for something scary to happen. Yeah, shit's getting real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real weird. That was shit getting real weird. Um, maybe there's more to it than that, like, symbolically. But that's, I, when I think about the movie, I was like, oh, that's just, that's the real scary, that's the scary part. Yeah, and so many people, when I said I was watching this movie, they were like, a lot of them, I think, didn't, like, want to think as deeply about the film mm-hmm. as we have. And they were like, it sucks until the last ten minutes. And I was like, <laughs> when the scary, quote-unquote, scary part happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because a lot of people did kind of hate it. Mm-hmm. A lot of like horror movie fans were like, this movie sucked. It wasn't a horror movie. It was a drama with, you know, like you said, with 10 minutes at the end. People didn't like it. But mm-hmm. I it was just like, I just thought the way that they build it up and how you, and how it slowly unfolds, how deeply fucked up this whole dynamic is with the family and like, and that versus like the idea of witchcraft is like a liberation. And as I've already said, probably like five times already, but if they're going to call you a witch, you might as well be a witch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and do you think like it was so not well received because of that ending message? Um, well, the funny thing is, is, um... One of my colleagues read this movie in a completely different way. Oh, really? He read it completely differently. He was he thought that it was endorse he thought that the movie was implicitly endorsing like executing people for witchcraft that that was like justified because it was real. Oh. Is how he interpreted it and I was like I didn't interpret it that way at all. Like that he was saying that it was like okay that they hung all those people back in the day because it was real, and I was like, nah. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I didn't read it that way at all. 
I was like, no, it was a, I was like, nah, man, it's just her being liberated from like the Christian patriarchal system. Yeah. And he, he is, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like we just didn't, we just read it in totally different ways. Yeah. So I guess like in seeing it in that light would being, would the ending scene where they're around the fire, would that be like a metaphor for their death? Or uh, I like it better our way. I like it better our way too. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, this movie, you know, a lot of the hardcore horror fans didn't care for it, but it was quite successful. I th- I read the other day it's like the top art house release of the year so far. It made like twenty oh, million dollars, which is a lot for a little movie like this. It's made twenty million, and the director has been hired to remake Nosferatu. Wow, so, that's awesome! Yeah, he's this is like a very this is big success for this guy. Very cool. Yeah, I'm curious, like since just since you had a more intimate experience with this film and mm-hmm. meeting the director, is there anything else that like you? notice was speaking with him that kind of struck you well it was kind of fun because i was like okay (laughs) okay a little backstory i was a weird kid man i was weird (laughs) and i had about i had a phase that lasted for about a year where i was really obsessed with the salem witch trials when Mm. i was like 10 Mm -hmm. i was real and i read every book i could read about it i would you know go to the library and check get interlibrary loans oh, and yeah. read all these books about it and the stuff. best friend of all nerd children everywhere interlibrary <laughs> the interlibrary <laughs> loan yes where you can get the weird shit they didn't have at your library um so i read a whole bunch of books about it and i was like all right let's sit down and let's talk about this and there was one thing that i brought up that you know he was kind of coy about it and just being like i'm just reflecting what happened man and i wouldn't really say like what ha- you know about stuff and then but I was like yeah but there's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is that what do you think of this theory because there's a theory that goes around that the reason one ca- potential cause of witch trials is that there would be this there's this fungus called ergot that grows on corn when it's kept in like kind of damp conditions that can grow on corn and it makes you hallucinate so people thought they were seeing people would eat this bad corn and think they were seeing stuff and blame it on witchcraft because they didn't have any other context for that. And I was like, well, what do you think about that as a reason why this, cause at the beginning of the Salem, the Salem witch trials happened because there was this little group of about five teenage girls who said they were possessed and said they saw stuff and had fits and things like that. And in their search for what was causing this, they ended up killing like 30 people. Oof. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, what do you think about ergot as a um, as an explanation for, you know, 17th century witch trials? And he says, the crops did go bad in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he said, well, their crops went bad, didn't they? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So that was something. Interesting. Yeah, that was very subtle. That's I was like. super subtle. Yeah. Man, I wouldn't even, I would not have even thought I, about that. I wouldn't have thought of it either if I had, because I wasn't even asking him in that context. I was asking him in the context of what do you think of this as a potential scientific explanation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. So like the whole movie could just be everybody tripped out. Yeah. Or yeah. was, uh, yeah. Wow. Or Thompson could be tripping out at the end. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. He won't say. 
<laughs> we need to know. <laughs> well, that's part of it. That's what I like about it. I know people fun. were mad because it didn't have enough like horror movie stuff in it, but I like how many ways you can interpret this movie. Yeah, I like how subtle it is. It's wow, that's mind blowing. Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa, <laughs> when he said that, I was like. Dude, thank you. You just gave me the end of my interview. Like, That's oh my great. god, great. That's <laughs> like, a great. Interview. Let's just stop here. Like, Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to say, like, as it got to the end, and once the ending was revealed, I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it so much. Leading into it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also curious because I know that you did you did a podcast about the craft earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally and, uh, different kind of witch movie. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what do you think it is that draws you to uh, be such an advocate and interested in in witchcraft and like? Um, what do is you it? want like like the Do you want like a kind of pretentious but serious answer oh i want it all yeah okay (laughs) i think i don't personally subscribe to any sort of like thing but i think that like witchcraft is awesome because it is a female created led run oriented religion and all the major religions of the world are very male based and towards males and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like judaism Christianity, Islam, it's all very patriarchal and witchcraft is awesome because it is the opposite of that. It's it's a women, it's a woman's religion and I think that's cool. It's very cool. I always heard like they tried to, I don't know who tried, but like sometimes you'd hear about warlocks and how they would like like I feel like it was always dudes that tried to be like warlocks rank over witches and it's just like Oh, what's that? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> well, the Wiccans believe in there's like two forces that run the universe like a male and a female like a god and a goddess and you need the both of them to create earth but i think that they think the goddess is a little cooler they they lean a little heavier on the <laughs> goddess <laughs> they like her better good, good. I agree with that. that's cool um, but uh, that's completely different from what's in this movie though like what's in this movie it's like not anybody's actual religion it's just what people thought mm-hmm. was going on back in the day you know th- that has nothing to do with anybody who's a witch now they don't believe in like black philip <laughs> like the, yeah, well, it's like, it is it is interesting to think about now and how, like, we have this fear-based culture on other religions as well, like, you know, Muslims, and mm-hmm. we have Donald Trump out there, like, oh my God. God. Um, it's kind of disturbing in me to think about how much we really haven't changed in persecuting yeah. people in their religion. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, yeah, it just shifts, you know, mm-hmm. different scapegoats at different times. Yeah, well, is there anything else about The Witch that you would uh, like to point out or just maybe think about? Oh, well, something fun, a fun fact about this movie is uh, this, I thought this was very savvy on the marketing team's part. Do you know that group, The Satanic Temple? Oh, yeah, okay. They endorsed this movie. (laughs) They love this movie. Like, if you go to their website, there's, like, an ad for the witch at the top of the website. Yeah, they, they love it. They, like, gave a quote for the DVD box and everything. That's hilarious yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. It's really grassroots marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's smart distributor. That's going to that's gonna get headlines, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Plus, if I was a preteen and I saw that, I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, right? I'd be like, this ooh, the real shit. Yeah, man, this movie's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. so that's a fun fact. Neat. <laughs> 
Well, it's been so fun talking to you. Yeah. Um, so I'm expecting this podcast to come out the third week of August. Mm-hmm. What do you got going on? Well, the third week of August, um, I'm covering something at Wizard World called the Bruce Campbell Film Festival. So jealous. Yeah, so I'm going to be covering that that weekend. I'm going to be interviewing Bruce Campbell. So by the time this podcast's out, that should be up on the AV Club and you should read it. That's so exciting. And the AV Club website, just... uh... AVclub.com. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's been awesome having you. That's Katie Reif. I've been Kristen Ryan, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Thank you.